Hey, this is Dave Chaffins from Geography Arcade and the Fallout Hub, and you're listening to The Download, Alternative Gaming News. Robots Radio presents... Rated M for Mature. Welcome, everybody, to the Download Alternative Gaming News. I am Jameson. And I am Brenna. Brenna's losing her shit right now over here. Oh, my God. So Jamie got a new mixer. It's badass. It's expensive, but it's worth it. And so he's able to preload sounds and play them through his microphone. So we have our intro, you know, in our our headphones. And God, I felt so professional it was just like unreal just wait and just wait until we get callers calling in and i have my phone connected to this and they can just call in on the phone here oh my god i can't wait go ahead nothing it's just i'm like we're so official i know i should have i should have gotten this from the start like yeah i i love how you had no support on the other one and this one has dozens of videos and you texted me and said that in a in a video describing you know how less complex this is, they showed his old model in it. So, yeah. So, couple a uh, couple announcements before we get started. Uh, in the episode description, I will have timestamps. So, if you want to skip past the intro part, if you want to skip to big news, you want to skip to the um, guest part or if you want to skip to the end you know we'll have all that in there so you'll be able to kind of jump around uh additionally our website is now finally up and running jameson needs just everyone visit it every day just because he puts so much work into it i cannot even you must have a lot of gray hair thank you i appreciate that (laughs) uh so yes it is up and running that also means our merch store is officially up and running so you can go on there we have a lot more stuff uh with yeah. more stuff on the way so you know stay tuned for that uh let me know if you know if you see anything that's broken there are a couple pages that aren't up yet because i'm still working on them but they're kind of unnecessary additionally all these show notes for year two episodes going forward are on there as well so if you want to see some of the stories we talk about and uh you know learn a little bit more you can find those there additionally G4 is doing a talent search and we are going to try and submit a two minute video. We have no idea what we're going to say because, you know, who can, who can really pitch themselves in two minutes? But it takes a long time to understand the enigma that is us. Yes. Yes. But uh, we're going to do that. So keep an eye out for that. Additionally, this week's chat room guest is Dave Chaffins from the Geography Arcade slash Fallout Hub. Uh, so we are talking, you know, environments and video games, and we've talked a little bit about the Avengers, a video game. And then also I guested on his uh, show and we talked a little bit about um, Star Wars and, you know, I nerded out. So, yeah, it, it was a good time. Also, sponsorships. We are sponsored by Loot Crate, Gamefly, Green Man Gaming, NordVPN. You know, we tell you guys about them all the time. So, you know, I know you're tired of hearing of it. Loot Crate, you get cool mystery stuff per month. They actually just announced a Crunchyroll partner Loot Crate. So cool. 
I'm actually excited for that one because their anime loot crate was a little lacking, but I know that this Crunchyroll partnership, they're really going to give us quality items now. Right. Now you're making me hungry and now I want Crunchyrolls. I'm so hungry right now. Like, Dude, do you remember that all-you-can-eat place right next, or yeah, yeah, next to mine? Yeah. Oh, Anyways. Additionally, we're sponsored by Gamefly. It's a monthly subscription service where you can play as many games as you want and you can even purchase them. So that's also really great. And then we are also sponsored by Green Man Gaming. It's another site where you can buy video games. You can use our link. We get a little bit of cut of the profits and you get to play video games. And then lastly, NordVPN internet security at its finest. More announcements and news at the end of the episode. Now, on to big news in gaming. Probably the biggest event this week is the announcement of the NVIDIA 300 series GPUs. 3000. That would be, wow. Mm. There you go. Solid. (laughs) Good start. Oh, yeah. The 3000 series. They announced the new RTX 390, 380, and 370 coming in at these solid price tags of 1500 for the 390, 700 for the 380, and 500 for the 370. And depending on where you live, that state tax could kill you. It's just like I buy something and I'm ready for it, and then I have to pay like 12% more, and it's just it drives me nuts. Can you imagine the tax on that $1,500 GPU? It's like $200 of tax. Ouch. It's a lot. Yeah. But, uh, but go ahead. No, I know. I was just going to get into the specs on it. So if you, um, you know, you have some pocket change lying around and you want to, you know, just throw in a 390 to your new system, you're going to start off with uh, 10,000 cores. Oh, it's almost, you know, 10,500 cores. Insane. Uh, and then your VRAM is going to be about 24 gigabytes. So good. And so if you, you know, don't have that much money, you can go down to the 380, which is going to give you about uh, 8,700 cores with about 10 gig, well, with 10 gigabytes. And then the 370 is going to be almost 6,000 cores at eight gigabytes. Fast as hell. Yeah. I think though, I'm more excited for the fact that they brought in more cooling capabilities. That just makes me happier because obviously... Uh, you know, you can cool your CPU relatively cheaply. You know, Cooler Master has the 120 AIOs and you can slap that on there. And that's like, you know, you can buy it for like 100 bucks, something like that. But GPU cooling, not easy. And it can really make your computer hot, like that whole case in there, like your graphics card can just. Anyways, so I'm glad that they thought of cooling first. And obviously with the speed, that's going to be great. Yeah, some additional things to note are worth noting too. So the RTX 390 is kind of like a hybrid between your traditional gaming GPU and the, you know, high-end quadros, uh, the workstation GPUs that people use for rendering and that kind of stuff. So it supports the SLI, so you could run multiple 390s. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, because the goal is to be kind of like that mid that mid market. You know, the people that don't want to spend four grand on a quadro and the people that don't want to, you know, or that want something more uh, than yeah. the traditional GPUs. Plus, it will allow for um, 8K 
video. Crazy. Eight. There's. N it's so crazy. Ugh. And uh, for those people that saying that the next gen consoles uh, were going to close <clears throat> the gap on PC. Uh, yeah. Nice try. No. Yeah. The fact that you can throw in like a Threadripper and, you know, this absolute beast and you can throw in like a couple, you know, like a hundred and something gigabytes of RAM. Um, yeah. Sorry. There, there's no way it's going to be even close. I mean, that's going to run you a decent hefty price, but still it's nowhere yeah. close to what PC can do. Yeah. I'm trying to pull up the, uh, the CUDA cores for both the Xbox and the PlayStation just to give you guys like an idea, but I'm trying to see they, they market the teraflops is the big thing. And that's just not, uh, not the same. So I'll just go further explanation on the design of the graphics card. It looks beautiful. The stock one for NVIDIA um, looks great, but obviously everyone's going to have their own renditions of it. But the way that it is designed is for airflow. So you'll have two intakes on the bottom of the card and you'll have um, two outflows of heat. So one is going to be directly, um, I guess, on the opposite side of all your plugs, so where your HDMI and your DPI and all that stuff is, that's um, going to be on the opposite side of there, going to come straight out the top of the card, just like a regular blower-style card. And then the second fan is actually going to shoot back through where the outputs are. So out through those cords, dissipating heat not into the case, but out of the case, out the back, which is really cool, and I'm sure they've tested it a million times over to see how that heat distribution is, but it's just going to have that negative pressure to pull all that heat out of the card and never let it even touch your case, which is so cool. Yeah, I was really sold on the 380, but now I'm so tempted to get a 390. Like, I would never need another graphics card. Never, never, like, never, I can't, never, I, never. I, I cannot imagine them topping the 3000 series in two years. People say it's like, it's like, oh man, it feels like we just, like they just released the 280 and we were, I was looking at the numbers the other day and it's been every two years, the last couple oh, years. Yeah, yeah. They've been releasing. So two years ago, we had the 2000 series. Four years ago, we had the 1000 series. Six years ago, we had the 900 series. So it hasn't actually been like, I, I feel like they don't need to release them that often, but at the same time. Probably not. Well, okay. So. This is what I'm thinking is they don't now because there's only so far that our technology can go with what we have. There has to be like, I don't even know what advancements there needs to be at this point. Yeah. Because this is friggin' fast. And I just, ah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I, know. I don't know either, but uh, very excited. So release dates for those. If you want to pick up one of the founders editions from NVIDIA, the 380 will drop first, September 14th, a week from the day this episode releases. The 390 will drop on the 24th, which is about two and a half weeks. And then the 370 will drop in October. So a little bit of a wait uh, for the 370, a little bit more budget-friendly one. But uh, if you are looking to really give yourself the best bang for your buck, the 380 
is the way to go. Yeah. Oh, I wish. I wish. You just got one that. Day. At least you didn't just pay for that 280 that you have in yours. That's how we gave it to you. It's a 1070. I thought you got a 280 from from one of your no, friends. No, it was it's a 1070. I had a 1060, and it's only a 1070. But it's the FTW, so it's like not really that much up. It's not like a TI or anything. Okay. So we're yeah. so we're both ready for the 3000 series. Yeah, and I, my CPU is perfectly fine. I wouldn't even need to upgrade that. I could literally just like. Sl- I mean, I kind of want to get um, a Tomahawk, the motherboard. Yeah, you would, you would I need like a, them a lot. You would need a new Mobo. You don't want to. You don't want to yeah. bottleneck something that powerful. God, right? And so, yeah, I would definitely just get a new motherboard or something. Ugh. Very excited for these. I'm. I don't know yeah. if I'm going to pick one up right away or if I'm going to hold off a little bit, but I want one so badly. I need a new PC. You need a new PC. Period. Although yeah. your CPU, we said, wasn't bad. No, my PC itself is not bad. It's still, it's a 1060. It's a Risen 5, like 1700 or 1600, I think. And then I got 16 gigs of RAM. Like, it's a good, good gaming PC. Especially for right now, I run everything on higher ultra settings for the most part, and I get 60 FPS. So it's not like I'm, or I I usually get more. I can get usually about 120. So it's not like I'm doing terrible, but, you know. I want to do better. Right? Exactly. I always strive for better. <laughs> exactly. Got to better yourself, you know? God, if I didn't have to pay so much rent, I could have bought this. You could still I could have bought this. You could still God. buy it. Let's be honest. Uh, Let's be honest. Anyway. School loans. Okay, we talked way too much about this. Moving on. Marvel's Avengers dropped. We had two big games dropped this week. We had Marvel's Avengers and we had Tony Hawk 1 and 2 Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remastered. So Marvel's Avengers, we talked. I talked quite a bit about it with uh, Dave, so we're not going to touch too much on it here. But uh, now that people are kind of getting through the game by this point, um, you know, they're saying the campaign is fun, but when, once you get to kind of the end game or once you finish the campaign, the game kind of really loses its charm, loses its polish. So... Do you think that if they would have taken a little bit more time on the end game, or you think that that was the purpose of it from the very beginning and they just kind of fell flat? I don't know. I don't know. It definitely, it definitely seems like a game that could have used a little bit more time and development, but it's still not, um, not a bad game either. It's not the steaming pile of trash that I thought it was going to be. Yes. And the same, the same way with me. Right now, I would say if you're looking to get Marvel Avengers, wait till it goes on sale. That would be the perfect time to jump into this game because right now it is not worth that $60 price tag is what I would say. I mean, it looks great, but everything looks great nowadays. I saw someone show post a really cool clip. They were running playing as Cap and they, you know, threw his shield at an enemy and it bounced off killed the end it was like a robot or something and it came back to him and then he executed as it was coming back he did like a roundhouse kick and it kicked off another guy and bounced off a few things before he came back and caught it and i'm like god that just looks so satisfying oh that timing yeah i'm sure there's a lot of great timing that you could do with cap and you just you just want to stand up and do the hero pose yeah 
yeah hero jump or he was hero landing hero landing yes oh that too what yeah. is it oh my god i love deadpool how he lands like that and he's like oh my knee yeah Additionally, we had Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 remastered drop this week, and it is uh, it is receiving rave reviews. It's receiving great scores. It's an excellent remaster. They even, they even uh, as a marketing video, Tony Hawk and the team Activision even rented out a warehouse, recreated the warehouse level in the game in that warehouse, and then recorded some video of Tony Hawk skating and grinding through the warehouse. And man... He is I got still goosebumps. no Tony Hawk still has it for how old he is. Dude, he's in his 50s. Dude, he got up there on one of the uh, on one of the ramps and he did a hand plant on the ramp. And I'm like, bro, god damn. Like, he has I, still got like, it. There is a photo of him with his kid like he they were on a half pipe and they were just doing like, you know, just going back and forth. And someone took a photo. And it looks cute. She's standing in the middle of the board. He's got his feet on the outsides of the board. And someone was like, you know, oh, that's really dangerous. And it's like, do you know who the fuck you're talking about? Like, this is Tony Hawk. All right. <laughs> that kid is perfectly fine. Seriously. But this game, it looks so cool. And they, I think they did the perfect amount of nostalgia. They didn't really change the game controls. They let it be what it was. They fixed the you know, uh, graphics, they fixed that up. They fixed some of the physics engines, which obviously is very satisfying. But I mean, with the old school track too, it's so good. I'm in love. And apparently the online multiplayer is exactly what everyone wanted, where you have like a street gang of skateboarders that just go around tagging things. And that is so cool. Yeah, that's really pretty much the the simplest way to put it if you like the original tony hawk you're going to love this because it is this pretty much the same game it's just touched up with the better graphics it still maintains a lot of the same uh geography and the level design like almost one-to-one still yeah and um i'm getting goosebumps like every every like minute i keep getting a wave of goosebumps and it just adds some nice quality of life changes and just it runs smoother. And it, they even added a massive create a park mode, which, you know, was a great addition back in the second game. But in this, it's God, it's even better. I it's going to be insane. So good. I was all about the uh, the uh, half pipes. I wasn't a big fan of like bowls and that kind of stuff. Um, but half pipes, I love I love doing half pipes in the games. Yeah. Oh. I used to, uh, when I lived in uh, Arizona, my roommates, we busted out the old school Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Uh, so we had one on my Nintendo, and then that prompted my roommate to bring out his PlayStation and boot up two on his PlayStation. And so we started, like, we had, like, a, uh, it was during summertime in Arizona, so you can't go outside. So we're like, let's do, yeah. we got yeah. all my roommates and one of my roommate's girlfriend. And we're like, let's have like a summer like fiesta with some Tony Hawk. So I got a whole bunch of Mexican food. We made some margaritas. We all started drinking and we started playing Tony Hawk. And it was like, it turned into such a competition that really we, quick. We all got so good at the game and it turned into such a competition that we would play. And then we would write our scores on the little whiteboard on our fridge to see who could one up each other. And I kid you not, like 
so good like that we wouldn't break trick streaks. You know, you come off a trick and you're, right, you're manually right, to right. the next trick. And we were putting up millions in terms of points. Insane. It was so much fun, though. Ugh, I want to live in a gaming household like that. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of yeah. fun. Uh, so that's it for the for the big news. Pretty, pretty quick, short, sweet to the point. Uh, so now we are going to go ahead and dive into the chat room with our friend Dave Chaffins from the Geography Arcade and Fallout Hub. Welcome, everybody, to the chat room. This week, we are joined by Dave Chavit. Chaffins. Did I get it right? Uh, close. Uh, it's it's Chaffins, and I like to tell everybody that um, yeah, it's it's just like chafing. That's that's if when you when you see that, that's kind of how you know. <laughs> um, and yes, I have been called Dave Chafing, and one time, I, I did like a, a submitted an essay in elementary school um to like a state senator or something, and I won the contest. But he wrote it back to me in a very like nice letter that said Dave Chafing. Uh, so. Get rid that of the is, G, uh, add an S. <laughs> I got you. That is unfortunate, but I got you. Well, welcome, man. We're uh, we're stoked to have you on. You're the host you. of the brand new Geography Arcade podcast, and then you're also on the uh, the Fallout Hub. And I know you've done some uh, Fallout shows in the past as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. I uh, I started podcasting about. I think it's been two. It's been over two years ago. Um, I started with Vault Boys, uh, which was me and another guy that lived in. Um, in West Virginia, we decided to get together and we were like, okay, well, we have this Fallout game that's coming out set in West Virginia, so let's talk about that. He is big into photography and at the time worked for the Department of Tourism. I was big into geography <laughs> and learned a, learned a good deal about the, the area and started with mm-hmm. that. Um, ended up getting involved with the network when um, Tom was a listener and then he made a show and then he's like, hey, I'm starting this network. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, had a few, I often like to think that, that there's a, I think about Abraham Lincoln a lot, uh, because I've, I've done a few podcasts that haven't been as, not necessarily successful, but personally yeah. enjoyed that, that, that I've done. Um, but got together with Ken Vigue from Chat of Fallout 76 Story, got together with Tom from Fallout Lorecast, and we are doing this Fallout Hub thing, which is every week. And then I am doing geography arcade which is uh, it's a 30 minute show about there uh, we were just talking about that earlier um and it is essentially i like to say in my you know if we print out the resume and we look at what it says on the sheet of paper it says um, a geographic exploration of video games but really what that means is that there's a lot of things that we can learn from video games that not enough people i think are are writing about you have a lot of like social mm-hmm. issues and people talking about that from like a reporter standpoint but not a lot of people are talking about history or science or yeah all of these different things and geography kind of encompasses that as the um i call it the science of space mm-hmm. and everything occurs in space <laughs> Very nice. Well, speaking of geography, I uh, since you are the host of the Geography Arcade, I figure we talk a little uh, little geography. And so uh, one of the topics I picked out for us was uh, talking about some of our favorite game environments, places that uh, video games have taken you, they've shown you that just really either wowed you or you just felt uh, 
especially connected to. So a few of the places for me, I'd probably say one of one of the number one places for me would be Assassin's Creed. It's taken you to all sorts of very cool historical places, but where it really hit for me was in the Ezio series when you're in Italy and you're going around to Florence, to Rome, uh, Venice, all these places. And it really hit home for me when I had the opportunity to go to Italy and I went to Florence and I'm standing in the Plaza dei Signore where, you know, they hung Ezio's parents and I'm looking at the buildings like, you know, I really could go and climb that. And that's when it really like hit for me. Um, but to me, did you, the, did you do like a tour, a tour group or did you just like go on your own or with your family? Like what was the I went with, uh, I went with, uh, some schoolmates, And, oh, cool. uh, so yeah. we went to a bunch of different cities, but, uh, that was Florence was really, was really quite special to me. And yes, the whole, the whole time I was there, I was like, Oh, I've seen that building is an Assassin's Creed. That building's an Assassin's Creed. Like, that Assassin's Creed was like these buildings were created from it when in actuality it's just like, oh, this is just a moment in history. But uh, I think the environment of a game is really something special and that's really kind of what sells you on the game is that when you feel connected to that environment. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Assassin's Creed is is a great a great series. I think my favorite was Origins. I really like that they were just like, okay, we're gonna we're doing Egypt, and it was like desert and swamp, and there yep. was no like, oh, we're gonna add this extra biome. It was like you're on a camel, and you like, if you go too far in the desert, you're gonna have like visions. Like, the, yep. <laughs> there's this this environment to it. Um, I, I guess obviously, I you can hear me talking about for hours on end about Fallout seventy six and the environment of that. Um, I. I <laughs> I won't bore it anymore. anymore. <laughs> you can hear about that every week. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of 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 like great video game environments and stuff that's really stuff that's really sold. I think that when mechanics connect to environment, it's always really interesting. Um, <clears throat> like, uh, well, like okay, Ghost of, of Tsushima, where. Yeah. It was it was kind of a make a make believe Japan. It wasn't like you know 100% historically accurate. It was kind of just like an amalgamation of different things. But how wind played into that, into the story, and and how storms played into game mechanics, and how if mm -hmm. you're if you're more uh, if you're dishonorable in that game, more storms happen, and and it changes how the world looks. Um, everything is affected by wind in that game. So, because that's how they do the, um, oh, what is it? The, like, pathing. Uh, yeah, so, they have the, the PPS the... system. Yep. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's some, like, fantastic environment stories, like, that, that, that really sell you on it. Like, Bioshock is probably the best as far that's as... That's a good one as far as like an environment that's like a hundred percent sold on this, on this element and everything kind of riffs off of it and, and, and goes along. Um, Breath of the wild is another one that it's just like, they took something and they were like, okay, this is how it's going to be. Like there is going to be a lot of expanses and a lot of open areas, but every so yep. often you're going to be able to find something and there's little secrets hidden about, um, environments i think are 
I think they're kind of they're kind of evolving because now we're getting a lot of environmental storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot more room for because I mean, when I think about writing in video games, video game writing hasn't really been that big of a field until I think the past few years. And now, agree. When you think about something like Bioshock or like um, uh, Prey is one. When when you think about these games and how many like then Fallout and Elder Scrolls, like <laughs> the books in Elder yeah. Scrolls, <laughs> you need a writer. Like you you need somebody doing that and 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 building those worlds around not only just like stories and text, but you're seeing some of this stuff. And so that's why people want. People have seen, you know, all Skyrim, or they've seen Morrowind, um, and people either want it to be remade or they want to go somewhere brand new because they've read the stories in the books. Yeah, yeah, all excellent points. I think one thing that to kind of touch on what you mentioned there, I think uh, Dark Souls is a great example of this. Oh. You know, it's such a such a rich world in terms of lore and gameplay, but it, it's explored very little throughout the entire series there's always stuff that you can look up and find and dark souls 3 they did an amazing job that you're really like hunkered down in the game most of the time but then there's just these couple times where you get to a point where it gives you like that scenic overview and you get to see the environment you get to see uh you know the castle and Mm -hmm. uh all that and you're just like damn like this is this is a cool place and I think that's definitely a game that could benefit from a little bit more story writing, a little bit more storytelling, just to kind of really uh, bring us into into the world. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big Dark Souls fan. Um, that's probably I I started playing Dark Souls when I was right out of college and looking for a job, and I I had this like weird like alignment in my life where I was applying to I, I applied to like seventy jobs. Um, wow my my i i I make maps that's what i do for for an actual living Uh, it's hilarious you know the geographer makes maps everybody laughs um but (laughs) (laughs) i i applied to a ton of stuff and i mean it was like all over there was one that it was like i could be like i could be living in alaska and riding a canoe and collecting data for the national park service like there it was kind of like a a weird crossroads but as I continually failed all the interviews and all the different stuff, I was playing Dark Souls at the same time. So all of the deaths, I was always getting really mad, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to try again. I, I, I like to think the Dark Souls helped me apply for jobs. And just that <laughs> continual, it's like, okay, if I just change this one little thing, maybe next time I'll get it. And that's yeah. kind of the mentality that I took with it. But the, the environments of those games are, are, are crazy. And there's like, such weird little cues like um i haven't i'm not a big fan of sekiro i will say but I'm i was not a big of, fan of that either yeah I'm, I'm a fan of the three dark souls um i'm excited for this demon souls situation um that i i haven't i've never played but um i've never played it either it was a playstation one game i believe i thought it was a ps3 game was it i think it was i think it was and it didn't get popular until dark souls We'll see. Uh, Demon Souls, two thousand nine. Yeah, so PlayStation three. Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was much older than that. Yeah. I'm interested to see what they do with that, but uh, 
but what I'm saying is Bloodborne. I really liked how there was some like really great storytelling where it was like, if you did this certain thing a particular way, like if you played the music box that if you haven't like explored the world, you, you want to know, but you get a music box and you play it in front of this boss. And it turns out this music box is related to this transformed beast kid that is in some <laughs> alleyway. And if you hadn't collected all the different, like there's no explanation, but through the Never environment, is. yeah, there, there is no explanation through the environment. You can kind of pick up on that stuff. Yeah. Those are always good ones. Um, and then I did want to touch on too, um, you know, we got prop the the start of the fall of the holiday se fall season of games is here where we usually get the biggest blockbusters of the year. Mm -hmm. And so this week we have uh, two coming out, kind of kicking it off. We have the Avengers game and then we have uh, Tony Hawk 1 and 2 Remastered. Are you particularly interested in either of these games? Well, I know that you're excited for the Tony Hawk situation. Oh, yeah. That's that's like going to be your bread and butter getting back into it. Um, oh, yeah. Playing that on original Nintendo 64. Those were good times. That was when I, I, I was living in a fraternity house in college and and we had a, the Nintendo 64 and I played that version of Tony Hawk probably the most hours of any game. Um, we just like continually played that and, and maybe Mario Kart, maybe in that, in that, in that area. But it's funny to go back and play those games. They seem so dated. Like if you go back and you play original, like Tony Hawk one and two, it is, it is weird. Um, yeah. I'm more, I guess I got better at three, I think was when things started getting a little more modernized um mm -hmm. and i was a big fan of even like thug and 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 wasteland i didn't play anything okay. after wasteland i liked wasteland though and that was that was kind of cool because it was like all those different like uh la like yeah towns. they had like the downtown and then west side and all that you know i, I clearly am, am well versed <laughs> in all the la lingo <laughs> neighborhoods <laughs> that's yep. my wheelhouse you know um the the interesting thing is, and I think the question on everybody's lips is, is it going to feel the same? Is it going to like feel? I, I think this is one game that's really going to hit that nostalgia uh, marker for a lot of people. I think that once they're, uh, once they start dropping into warehouse, the music starts playing. I think that's really going to hit home for a lot of people. It's interesting how how they're doing these remakes and, and the spider-man um playstation 4 game mm -hmm. they're like we want to make the swinging feel good which is really we want to make the swinging feel as good as the playstation 2 spider-man 2 movie game. <laughs> because that, that had some of the best web swinging and i think really was the best spider-man game before um they did the the playstation 4 one but it feels the same as that in our mm -hmm. brain today and i'm curious what is like a completely and totally overhauled to make it make the to like trick our brains like there's got to be some like weird psychology magic in that development where they're like okay this is how they thought it felt when they jumped on a rail to go grind or when they came off of a half pipe into an ollie to pull a trick like there's, yeah. there's got to be a few things like that so i i'm i'm, cu I'm really curious about that i'm a big Tony Hawk fan, I 
all of my friends were. Um, I can't get on a skateboard for the life of me. Um, and I I, one either. time I did, and I sprained my wrist. So this is my this is my skateboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for it. As far as the Avengers go, I like the Marvel movies to watch, but uh, this game I'm probably going to stay away from everything around it it sounded like a bit of a money pit um they have different battle passes for each avenger ten dollars per avenger so you you want all the goods it's gonna cost you and then uh it's just it's sounding repetitive like even the environments it's the same environments over and over and over in different missions so uh... okay all right let me let me pitch you here. I'm pitch okay. You. Not, not, I'm not. I don't really actually care about what what you think, but I'm gonna pitch it to you. All right. We've all been sitting around. You know, we we loved. We watched He Man. We watched GI Joe, and I've always thought to myself, Hey, when are they gonna make like a GI Joe game? You know, mm -hmm. when are they gonna make like a game where it's like I'm this this like weird soldier dude with power, and I've got to go fight Cobra Commander. And I've got to do it in like these, like, oh, I can do like a, a story mission or a repeatable mission. Yeah. Turns out that in the Avengers movies, I don't, I, I don't really, I don't really care about. Um, I, they all, they all, a very good metaphor for me is like they're all like chicken noodle soup, where it's like, oh yes, the taste of chicken noodle soup, or like a Big Mac. A Big Mac is probably a better thing. Like that has a pretty consistent taste, and it's good, yep. and you like it, and you crave it, but it. It's never going to change. It's always going to taste the exact same. Um, sure. That's, that's the way I feel about Marvel movies. However, I've been really enjoying this game. I've had a chance to play it uh, today when we were recording it and then yesterday when it came out. And it's weird. It's like, it's not... The, I, I was expecting the story to not be as good. The story's actually pretty good. I'm, I'm surprised by some of the things that they're doing. I think the gameplay is really good and they're committing to so the the avenger like battle cards in that battle pass for it i it would right now there's the like original avengers that they have like hulk and thor and all those like yep all, they don't have a like battle pass for them it's every dlc character that they put in you okay. can buy a battle pass which will get you the cosmetics so i think that's how they're going to be doing the you know, got to make the money constantly because we're the big corporations and we yeah. have to make the money. Um, but fortunately, not right now, it's like you don't, you can buy it. It's kind of like Assassin's Creed right now where it's like you can buy the currency to go get these cosmetics or you can just like play the game mm -hmm. and get them anyways. Um, okay. But it's it's like the G.I. Joe game I, I always wanted. Uh, <laughs> it's weird though because like some characters i hate like i mm -hmm. i i don't i don't like playing this iron man and this is like opposite i thought i would enjoy iron man because you know everybody likes iron man or whatever turns out no best character for me to play is is the hulk because the hulk is very easy to understand hulk is a tank <laughs> hulk punches things and i'm very good at punching things if, i mean in a, in a video game not in real life yes but that's my that's my pitch for it okay Okay. It's, I would give it I would give it an 8 out of who knows. Okay. You you've convinced me to consider it if it goes on sale. That's good. <laughs> That's probably what I would recommend. 
Very good. Very good. Well, we've got a little game we like to play with all of our guests. Um, so 60 seconds. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. Uh, the goal is to just answer each question kind of off the top of your head. First thing that comes to mind. And then uh, once those 60 seconds are up, you know, we'll see how far you got. But it's just kind of a way for people to uh, to get to know you a little better. So you ready? I'm I'm 100 percent ready. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. What is your favorite childhood game? Uh, off the top of my head, Ocarina of Time. My my I was a kid and my mother read the guidebook while I played the game. I was really into that game. And my mother still asked me years later, have you played any of that Zelda game again? <laughs> so I would say the Ocarina of Time. Good anecdote. We got to go fast, though. Favorite okay. current game? Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Your go-to gaming snack and drink or drink? Go-to gaming snack. Um, oh, oh, a beer and some peanuts. <laughs> All right. Your gaming character crush. Oh, gaming character crush. Uh... Oh, the uh, oh, the girlfriend from <laughs> oh, this is like a deep cut. The girlfriend from Destroy All Humans Two. Cryptosporidium gets a girlfriend, and it's like sexy, like like spy nineteen seventies situation. It, you should that was <laughs> that was unexpected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I dig it. I dig it. Well, that does it for time. That's usually about how far most people get is the gaming character crush really stumps a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's tough. I had to think back. It's like, okay, what, when it was like first happening, like what was, what was I doing? Cause now it's like people, there's all kinds of people to crush on now. I mean, heck there's like, you know, the number of paladin dance fan arts I've seen. Like, <laughs> it's, it's We'll not even talk about Overwatch and Rule Thirty Four. We'll just kind of <laughs> we'll leave that alone. Uh, it was for me. It was Cortana. Ah, Cortana. That's good. That's a good one. That was uh, that was right right in those those years. I had just uh, started playing Halo for the first time. Halo Two and Halo Three. So uh, Cortana. Yeah. Well. It's been awesome having you, but people want to know where they can find you, where they can listen to you. Tell us what you got going on, where they can find you. Yeah, so I've started a new show uh, called Geography Arcade. It is a cross between lessons in geography and video games. Um, it's kind of like if Bill Nye the Science Guy was a little more awkward, but also had some funnier anecdotes, but you also learned a lot. This is this is a terrible sales pitch, uh, but it's it's a essentially a lunch break show that I do uh, that's all about learning through video games. Uh, it comes out every Thursday right now. It's weekly every Thursday. Uh, we've got I think by the time this goes out, we'll have a Fallout seventy six episode, a Pokemon episode, and we've got another one coming up here that Jameson may be excited for. Uh, who knows? <laughs> uh, but you can find everything. Uh, we're on all podcast services at Geography Arcade. That's Twitter handle as well, Geography Arcade. And then our our Instagram is the Geography Arcade, which I am destitute and, and, and destroyed that I had to put a Z in front of it. <laughs> 
hate when you have to play those games with those uh those handles i gotta play the i, I G, let me tell you something you search geography on the podcast feed and i think within like two weeks that my show is going to be number one so at least i get that at least i get to walk away with that nobody's looking up geography right now <laughs> hey you gotta win at something right i will yeah bye bye george i will well it's been absolutely great to have you on uh i look forward having you back hopefully with my yeah. co-host here when if she can make it but uh i have a feeling we're gonna talk again real soon oh yeah i, I mean that sounds great <laughs> and we're back i had a good time talking with dave he's a he's a cool guy i you know with some of these people <laughs> fuck off oh <laughs> crap <laughs> You're going to have to edit that somehow. Uh, We're trying to be more PC because we've been told that it helps your viewers. Yeah, it's difficult. It just make, it just, it's more audience friendly. We can still be us and be more audience friendly. I just need to get... I think we should just go the route of bleeping ourselves with either a honk or like a lion's roar. Yeah. Or I maybe just... purring. I like a purr for you. I just need the uh, I just need the time to sit there and listen through the whole episode and like point out those things. Yeah. But now that I've got it like with the new thing, the new setup and audition, like theoretically, I could just have it open and like time, you know, time mark. Right. Stamp it. Yeah. So that can make it easier. I mean, could you imagine having a, a selection of roars and um, purrs and then for me, like hisses and honks and bonks i've got four i've got four extra buttons here on my uh my dl uh soundboard so i've got a few extra sound pads that i could add stuff in but um yeah so it was a lot of fun the star wars we so we recorded our chat room and then we went and did his episode and so he was talking star wars so he was asking me a whole bunch of star wars questions and i sounded like such a star wars nerd like at one point he asked me yeah. like what star wars games did have you played and i think i played them all like i, I just started them. i started listing games and then i just couldn't remember any more games and then throughout the episode he would mention things and i'd be like oh i played this game and i played that game too and i was like god yeah I'm i, I hope you saw boy. yourself yeah you really are but I, I had I, I made some excellent points. I had some good okay. I had some good things that I mentioned. So okay. we'll uh, okay. you'll have to go you'll have to go check that out, guys. And yeah. uh, what a cool concept for a show, Geography Arcade. That is the coolest thing. Yeah, I mean I it it is intriguing and it's a big part of liking a video game is you know the world we're walking around with um not is it yeah, Ghost of Tsushima. Mm -hmm. Like that whole game is based off of being in a very beautiful area and then using that area to further the game plot, which is so cool. Yeah, we touched we touched a little bit on that too. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So news you might have missed. As we mentioned last week, Ubisoft said they were going to remove that uh, video and some of the stuff from Elite Squad. So they went ahead and removed it. But and uh, Jason Schreier you know, wrote a little bit about it after they removed it. But one thing he also mentioned is that the um, the studio, it's a Ubisoft subsidiary studio that made the game, and Ubisoft itself is owned by five brothers. And Yves is the 
overall CEO. Well, his son is the head of the little studio that made Elite Squad, and his son started the started as head of the studio right after finishing school with his master's in computer science. So not to say he isn't qualified, but there's definitely some like nepotism. Did he earn that spot? No, probably not. Yeah. How many master's students are there out there in computer science? Yeah. So, you know, Jason kind of touched on that, how relevant that is to them having, you know, insensitive content. Wasn't really too sure, but. You grow up with someone. With your father being that high powerful. Yeah, but they're all eh. French. Yeah, that's also a big thing. So it's it's a little it's a little different. Like not not to say that there isn't racism in Europe or anything, but that they tend to be a little bit more racist and it's okay. Le- no, they tend to be less racist than us. Or I don't know. In different ways, I feel uh, like. I don't know. This is a weird conversation. It is. We're going to move on. Uh, So PlayStation 5, they've said that it's backwards compatible with PS4. However, Uh, Ubisoft. Most of PS4. Well, they're going to add. Not all. They will have all the major titles at launch. Yes. And then additional titles will be supported throughout the process, which is what Xbox 360 did when they switched to, uh, you know, with Xbox games. All the big ones were, and then they added more. But Ubisoft kind of let slip on one of their support pages that PS3, PS2, and PS1 games will not be playable on uh, on uh, PlayStation Five. Hi. That just totally threw me off. I really beamed this person in the back of the head for walking in right now. So that was funny. It was. So it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of not surprising that some of the older ones like PlayStation 1 aren't backwards compatible. But at the same time, like PS3 should totally be backwards compatible. That should totally be included. Yeah, and it's funny how, well, there's like a weird wraparound where a lot of games from PlayStation 3 got remade on PlayStation 4, like, you know, God of War and stuff like that. So then those games will be on there, but they're originally PlayStation 3 games, which is hilarious. Yeah. And then there's obviously Tony Hawk, which is getting remade from, you know, PlayStation 1 and 2, but it's on PlayStation 4 and you can play it on PlayStation 5. So that's weird. But yeah, I mean, it is disappointing. Hopefully they will pick very popular games that haven't been redone and have them backwards compatible. Yeah. So um, Fall Guys has also announced a winner of their charity like skin contest. And so originally Ninja was in the way, way lead, but I guess they've decided that uh, they're going to have multiple winners after the bidding with over with combined donation for over a million dollars from all of them. Uh, so G2 Esports, Ninja, Aim Lab, and Mr. Beast will all be getting little uh, Fall Guys skins. How soon they will get it, I do not know. 
But I mean, it can't be too difficult to create those meshes. Yeah. And uh, all of the donations will go to the charity special effect, which is focused on fun and inclusion uh, into which is focused on putting fun and inclusion back into the lives of people with physical disabilities by helping them play video games. So fantastic charity that it's going to. Yeah. Also, the creators of Alan Wake, uh, Control, and I think uh, Max Payne. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they are celebrating their 25th anniversary. That That is Remedy Studios. They were published. They began in 1995. Crazy. Crazy. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. What's up? Nothing. I was just going to see what you were going to do. Uh, <laughs> Call of Duty Esports. This guy. Call of Duty Esports is on the struggle bus. They just wrapped up their 2020 season. And it just really kind of failed to get going. So they're not expanding the league next year. Because there is there is interest. But they had a lot of hiccups. They had a lot of issues with... Uh, you know, the game, like glitches and patches throughout the season that they had to make before they could do their competitive things. And then plus on top of that, they just aren't aren't really treating their professional players very well. Like they're just not, uh, you know, Black Ops Cold War is coming out, but they're not supplying any of their professional players with any like, uh, you know, key codes or anything. Yeah, to yeah. like try it out and test it and kind of weigh in. So it's like, and plus, you know, how do you play a professional game where they change it every year? So like yeah. this year they're playing Modern Warfare. So what next year they're going to be playing Cold War. And then the year after that, they're going to be playing another game. Like, it's so dumb. That's a good point. I didn't think about when, I mean, yeah, because obviously League has been League forever. Siege has its seasons. They should just do seasons. Keep the same damn game. Yeah. If you want to be a competitive, and it's because they're coming out year after year with new games. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna handle that. But oh, uh, what a surprise! Yeah. Uh, speaking of esports, I don't. Well, I'll I'll get to that later. We'll get to that. We'll keep going. So, uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands is coming out, and they've released the PC system requirements, and they have suggested, they have recommended I... that players use a ssd for shadowlands what a hundred gigabytes worth of an ssd i how and why in the world do you need that especially when the minimum requirements say that you need four gigabytes of ram what is what how do you own what because it, it, it's world of warcraft it was made in you like don't 2000. need an ssd to run this game yeah, definitely not. I mean, you know, sure, SSD will speed up any load time regardless of what the game is. So, you know, it's always recommended to use SSD. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Also, you know how, exp I mean, it can get expensive. SSDs can get expensive, depending on if you have an NVMe or just a two and a half inch drive. But it's like, I don't want to spend a hundred gigabytes worth of money on an ssd for wow yeah 
Yeah, I don't care Anyways. either. But uh, additionally, we're going to kind of mix up the stories here a little bit. Oh, okay. uh, SSD wars have kind of been raging on for a long time. And the latest kind of part of the SSD war is now the shift to M.2 uh, NVMe sticks. And uh, Sabrent has just taken a strong lead ahead of, you know, Samsung. Samsung's usually like the been the golden tier for SSD storage. Like, you know, all of your cell phones, Samsung. They all have yeah. Samsung SSD for the most part in them. And so this past week, they quietly rolled out, uh, or past couple weeks, they rolled out the first four terabyte M.2 SSD. And it's the fastest SSD out right now with read and write speeds exceeding 7,000 megabits and 5,000 megabits per second, respectively. Like, damn. That is insane. And four terabytes, that's a big stick. Yeah. That would be so great. I love seeing the um cuz obviously you have spots in your motherboard for M.2s, but they also have expansion bays to where you plug it in and uh you know you screw in you know however many NVMEs that that supports and it just looks so cool. Oh. Yeah. It looks so cool. Really does. Um yeah, so that's kind of what's going on with that. Additionally, Biden and Harris have started campaigning in video games, beginning with Animal Crossing. Is nothing sacred anymore? <laughs> like, hey man, <sighs> video games are okay. video games have such a mix of a helpful and toxic community, and you are taking one of the most wholesome games and introducing probably one of the most toxic topics to talk about politics into it. No. Well, no. Animal Crossing had to okay this. They don't. Anybody can create create and share oh. stuff. Yeah. It looks very personalized. It does. Like so there's there's plenty of uh streamers that are making like in-game little t-shirts for your stuff. Like it there it has a whole customization aspect I that see. you can do. So it's not something that they, like, they specifically have to, okay? You just have to abide by their, like, you know, rules, con yeah, yeah. content rules. But it's pretty loose. But, you know, no, we don't, we don't need this. Especially, we don't need <laughs> especially when all of these politicians think that video games make you more violent and that video games are, like, the worst thing ever. Yeah, I love how what happened to we don't want our children playing video games and but let me advertise inside of them and promote anyways. Yeah. Fuck politics. Ah, oh, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is harder for you than it is for me, and I'm surprised by that. It's I think it's just old habits because you and I both are really good about adjusting how we speak depending on what environment we are in. And I think it's just old habits that we get usually get really heated talking about video games. But uh, yeah, I think I am a little yeah. bit worse than you are. I think I only have a, a hold on it because when I teach, you have to like really reel back and be careful what you say. So yeah, true, true. The Microsoft Series S Lockhart console has been leaked once again. And it's, God, I need to mute. Mute your phone, I know, sir. I know. People are talking too too loudly. So, um, 
So, um, it leaked again, and it basically looks like the Series X, but it's like half the size. So, it's a lower tier version, and it looks nice, but... Uh, it looks like a cube. Yeah. and But why would you buy that when you can get the Series X is the big thing. that That's kind of where I stand on that. Additionally... It's ugly. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. Also, Xbox has clarified that at the Tokyo Game Show in the next uh, week, there will be no discussion of next-gen consoles. They will not be talking about any of it at all, which begs the question, what are they going to talk about during their 50-minute Tokyo Game Show presentation? I don't know, but what else is there to say besides the price point? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, we know everything prices? about it. They've, like, shoved it down our throats that this one is going to be faster. It's got an SSD. Oh, my God. I just, just tell me how much it is. Yeah. Just, just, that's all you got to say. How much is it? So the mobile game, Pokemon Masters, has gone through some updates. And so now it's, it's a little bit better and it's been trending lately on Twitter and they've kind of rebranded it into Pokemon Masters X, capital E-X, you know, saying like it's extra, it's, you know, boosted. However, the problem is with their hashtag, which is Pokemon Masters X. I didn't, it took me a really, that, far too long to even, real, furries just got real excited. It's really bad when it's all lowercase. It's incredibly obvious, which is the first time that I saw it because it looks like Pokemon Master Sex. Yes. Yes. So they had to, which, you know, that's great on Twitter. You can capitalize the EX in the hashtag so it doesn't look as bad. But on like Instagram, Instagram doesn't allow for caps. So people have capitalized on their mistake and have been posting all sorts of suggestive images to just really screenshots uh, of their game. I think the one that they have on here is fantastic. I don't know what this character is doing, but they're touching their face. And they have their eyes closed with the mouth open. It says, you got two great balls. Uh, there's another one that was like, in honor of Pokemon Master Sex, I'd like to remind everyone of when Butterfree ditched the homies to get laid. <laughs> oh, that was so good. And then someone also posted a um, 3D models of Pikachu, Charmander, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur all absolutely shredded like bodybuilders huge it's actually fantastic like i would love right? to get, i would love to get miniatures of that can you imagine all four of them lined up next to each other so good so that's pretty funny uh which you know nintendo probably is not enjoying because of how wholesome they are yeah uh fortnite has their marvel crossover event going on right now and with the passing of chadwick bozeman they've added a black panther statue slash monument into the game which you know nice nice little tribute yeah a lot of people were really caught off guard hit hard by that yeah i mean no one knew so yeah uh we've also received word that the mandalorian season two will launch in october october 30th on disney plus so pretty cool to see that they weren't affected really at all by coronavirus but granted that's yeah. also 
it's something that they shoot entirely in a studio with green screen. So it's not really like it's yeah too, too difficult. They can do it with a pretty minimal cast. Um, if you hated the ending of Game of Thrones, you have uh, the writers uh, B&W to thank for it. And I can't pronounce their names. Beninoff and Weiss. I don't know. Anyway, they were not going to come back as writers for Game of Thrones in their spinoff series because they were, you know, pretty much phoned it in. Everyone hates it. However, they've ended up with Netflix and they are in the deal they signed with Netflix. They will be doing a like three part live action series, sci-fi series based on the sci- the Chinese sci-fi novel, The Three Body Problem. And I have no idea what this book is about. I'm going to have to Google it and see, but I, mm, I I don't know. They are excellent writers. I mean, I was going to say, it's like, it is one mess up. It was a I mean, pretty bad a, mess up, but like, okay, the ending was the ending and it was more, it was not as much as people wanted it to be, but it wasn't terrible if you take it out of the situation. Yeah. Plus, how do you end a series like Game of Thrones? Like, how do you wrap that up? You don't. You just leave a bunch of cliffhangers. That's the way to do it. Plus, how yeah. like how do you wrap up a series that's still being written by the author? Like, yeah, that's a little screwy too. I mean, honestly, what they should have done is just left it really open and had people be able to create their own fandom stories about what they have. You know, just really vague imagery. So maybe one conclusion so that way you give someone you know it gives people like oh okay i understand what happened but yeah. you know i don't know yeah so moving along sea of thieves they have parrots and monkeys as pets that you can get for your character well now you can have dogs and yes you can pet them so good i know love I'm, sea of thieves yeah such a great game also, No Man's Sky devs have announced they are working on a new, huge, and ambitious project, which... Deja vu. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it also... Uh, it, a lot of pe- It's reminding a lot of people now about the original release of No Man's Sky, and a lot of people are like, ooh, yeah. Mm. Probably not. So, and the developers have even gone as far to state that if they had to do it over again, they wouldn't do it any differently, which mm. I don't know that you mm, okay, but okay, maybe they're saying that because of what they learned and how it's made this next title. Exactly. They've learned a lot. However, if you did have to go and do it back, you wouldn't promise people ridiculous things and then give them a game that had none of that. That's not what you do. But I totally see what they're saying. And No Man's Sky has, you know, quickly, you know, not quickly, but over the last several years, it's shaped up into actually quite a good game now. And it's He's on the board. Look at that. I I've played it extensively and I've played it into it now. It's the addition of an actual tutorial probably about a year ago made a huge difference. Yeah. That that alone made the game so much better. Uh, just because before that you were just kind of thrown in and it's like, okay, it's like, what do I there do? You go. Yeah. Yeah. What, there's what nothing. Yeah. So yeah, that huge update was really what it needed. Um, 
that should have been in the release. Yeah, so I will watch with uh, cautious anticipation of what their next game is. Will I pre-order it? Will I purchase it at launch? No. No. But uh, I will keep an eye on it post-launch and maybe pick it up then. On sale. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo has announced the Super Mario 3D All-Stars package, which will come out on September 18th for a limited time. This digital exclusive will contain Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy all remastered for Nintendo Switch. And again, it's only available for a limited time. I think you could only get it until March of next year, and then it's gone. So jump on that. Save up now if you want it. I think it's going to be like 60 bucks for all three. Yeah, probably. I can't believe Mario, Nintendo has so many games and Mario itself has so many games. It's this, a lot of people are really excited for this remastering games, but it's also bringing up a lot of, uh, it's also raising a lot of people, the question for a lot of people, why haven't they released the virtual console yet for Nintendo Switch? Because the Wii U had this virtual console where it was all of the old games that you could per any game that Nintendo's ever made, you could buy it in there. Or if you still had like a physical copy, there was a way that you could redeem it in the virtual console. And they have yet to bring that to Switch. And people are like, you know, we we want the old games. We want to play it all. So while they're happy with the remasters, it's also like Nintendo, what are you doing? Because people will spend yeah. the money on it. Oh, they will. And a lot. You can make it even like a subscription service. And I'm sure, sure people would still do it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, ooh, that started playing a little early. Also, Cyberpunk has dropped a new song from their in-game soundtrack. And uh, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty catchy. But dang, is it uh, is it very much R-rated? <laughs> I was going to say it's super edgy. It is very edgy. So I'm going to go ahead and play a clip of that right now. You won't be able to hear it, Brenda, because I have some settings turned off to make that's right to make it a little bit clearer. But uh, the audience will be able to enjoy it. And so, again, warning, this is very much M rated. So if you have kids around or if you're in the office, you know, maybe turn the volume down and put in those headphones. That's enough of that. So you get the whole point. It it really it really does feel like I can I can I can hear this playing in the cyberpunk game already. Yeah. Wow. It It definitely fits the city. It fits Night City. It also fits right now when we're living in the the summer of WAP. Like, come on. It's WAP. WAP. Yeah. Wap. <laughs> the same thing. The YouTubes. It's the same thing. I don't I don't know. I hate it. You're so adjusting much. the way the A is pronounced. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm, I don't like it. I know. It's even worse. Yeah. I don't like the song either. I don't like most of the that music. It's just uh it's not good. It's just not good. <laughs> the older stuff is so much better. Oh yeah. Anyway. We sound old. No, we just have taste. There's that too. (laughs) 
Uh, CD Projekt Red has also stated, while many game publishers are announcing $70 price tags uh, for next-gen games like 2K Games, Activision, and EA for uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X, Cyberpunk has come out saying that this is not cool. So yeah. the question was, can we expect the price of P Cyberpunk 2077 for next-gen consoles developed in-house should be released next year for 70 bucks? And in response, they said that uh, the $70 price range for, wait, that's weird, weird wording. But basically, they said, we're going to keep that price because of our consumers. We want to respect our consumers. And additionally, CD Projekt Red has also stated that they will be giving free upgrades of the game to people who buy it on current gen. So if you, you know, the game will come out right before or sometimes right after the next-gen consoles. And so they've said that, you know, if you buy it on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One, you will get a free upgraded version for your next-gen console, which is super nice because all the other companies are like, no, you're going to have to pay for that. That's It's so good. Thank you so much, CD Projekt Red. Why are we upping game? I don't know why we would up the price. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't need to be upped. As well as in that... In a similar interview from the uh, director, founder, CEO of CD Projekt Red, they've said that Cyberpunk will not be delayed again, that they are they are on track and will release in November, which is nice to hear. Finally, please come to me. And I want to play. Yeah. And also they've said that with next-gen consoles, they will be re releasing a, quote, remastered version of Witcher 3, so it will be a upgraded visual version containing all, all the content in the game, including some technical improvements. And it will be available for PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series X. And if you already own The Witcher 3 on any of the any platform, you will receive a you will receive it as a free upgrade. So think of it like oh, think of it. I own it. <laughs> yeah. So think of it like Skyrim when they released the Skyrim special edition. If you already had it, you got it. That's super cool. I mean, I don't know. I feel like Witcher's graphics were still pretty good, though. Yeah. yeah. They were, like, actually really good. So I don't know what upgrades they're making. Just ray tracing and things like that. Just more technical improvements. So, so, I don't... Yeah, we'll see. Um, the Black Ops Cold War had their multiplayer game gameplay accidentally leaked on Twitch. And they had a couple people, I guess, playing it. And one of them, I guess, accidentally activated their streaming and started broadcasting it. So the official reveal was supposed to be this week on the 9th. Uh, but, you know, it's already now circulating on the Internet. Additionally, there was an article talking about how uh, the NBA 2K21 uh, is struggling to grow their esports scene, to which had me asking... Who the fuck? Oh. I'd be asking, who cares? Because why would I watch video game sport esports? Like video game sporting esports when I can just go and watch real sports on TV? Yes. Like why would I watch video game basketball the, when I can go watch real basketball? The only thing that i would watch like video game basketball would be like um oh my god what is the old movie 
Oh no, they did like a release of it, a special release. Michael Jordan was in it. It's oh, Space Jam. Space Jams. I would watch a Space Jams competition because that would be really awesome. That like if be. it was like Smash, but it was Space Jams and baseball or basketball. Would be very funny. Uh, the Shenmue video game series will be receiving a anime ad- adaptation, which will be available on Crunchyroll and Adult Swim. Assassin's Creed is also receiving a manga called Blade of Shao, which will release in February of next year. That looks pretty cool. And then uh, EA, a few weeks after releasing uh, UFC 4, added a whole bunch of in-game ads to the game so that anytime you went to like a replay, you know, like on TV, it would add, you know, advertisements or things like that. And it would put ads like pretty much everywhere. And they received overwhelming feedback asking them to remove it because it was disruptive to the gameplay experience. So they have since removed it. Um, God, I hate EA so much. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, I do. And it's a good game. UFC 4 has been doing very well. Why are you trying to tank it by doing typical EA things? Yeah, exactly. So that's it for news. We're going to kind of wind it down here. Upcoming game releases. So last week we had Crusader Kings 3, Elder Scrolls Online, Stoneborn DLC, Evergate, Spellbreak, Marvel Avengers, Tony Hawk, Pro Skater 1 and 2, Coma 2, Vicious Sisters, Paradise Killer. This coming week we have Circuit Dude, Kingdoms of Alamar, Re-Reckoning. I'm actually excited for that one. Necromundo, Underhive Wars, Sims 4, Journey to Batu uh, DLC pack. That's the Star Wars one. Uh, yes. The Outer Worlds, Peril on Gorgon DLC. Borderlands 3, Psycho Krieg, and the Fantastic Fluster Cluck DLC, Hotshot Racing, Astronauts, and Vampire the Masquerade Shadows of New York. So there you go. Also, this week we will have the uh, sum- review summer recap episode releasing. And additionally, we will be, uh, as we've stated before, we're going to be constantly making some changes to this stuff. Uh, the YouTube is getting all sorts of content added right now. We recorded a Let's Play for you guys uh over the weekend boy is it going so to be good is it going to be oh. something uh it, it, golf with friends for a teaser um it's it's a stupid fun game and i definitely go full like vein pop when i play this game so much fun though so we'll have some videos coming out for that once they get edited uh yeah so thank you guys for listening as always thank you to those who support us thank you to those who uh write reviews which we have a review this week coming all the way. The review is written by one of our Swedish listeners who uh, lives in the Netherlands. And I think I thought that was so funny. (laughs) He told me that Uh, it took forever for the review to pop up, but I will read it here for you guys right now. Once it, uh, once it finishes pulling up gaming news at its finest five stars. I've been listening to this podcast for well over a year, and I have been hooked for my weekly fix ever since. The hosts of the podcast come well-prepared every week with relevant events in the gaming industry, as one may expect. However, what makes this podcast different from other similar podcasts is the host's personal knowledge of games and the gaming industry, how and how both of them turn news fact into analysis. All of the above in a digestible 60-minute episode sprinkled with jokes and banter, will make you come back every week. Give the download Alternative Gaming News a try. You won't regret it. 
thank you very much. I'm not even, I'm sorry. I want to say your name, but I don't want to butcher it real. But uh, just you, go for you it. Know just, who, you, can no, do it. <laughs> you know who you are. Uh, so thank you very much. Appreciate it. It's always weird when we get the international reviews because they don't, all the reviews don't show up. They're segregated by country. So, or like region. So I have to like wait for them to pop up on our chartable if they're, you know, written other places. But seriously, guys, if you can't, you know, the biggest things you could do to support the show is tell your friends, leave a review. That's like the greatest thing you could do to help us. And we even appreciate those of you that go the extra mile and support us via our Patreon or our Twitch or even just straight donations now through our website, which will be coming very shortly. Uh, Dr. Brandroid, Durka, Pool593, Miller, Cyber Shorty, Old Stray Dog. Thank you guys so very much. Uh, you can find us on social media. We're on the internet, www.dlgamingnews.com. That's our website. That's the hub for everything. Um, but if you want to find us on social media, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. On Instagram, we are at GooseCadProd. On Twitter and Facebook, at DLGamingNews. And you can follow us individually on Instagram, at DL underscore Jameson. And at DL underscore Mother Goose. And that will wrap it up for this week. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember. Are you are you going to finish your Keep line? your goose loose. Why is there all of a sudden audio being played through my... It's our outro music. Oh my god, he didn't warn me anything. Thank you. Oh my god. Have you ever wanted to learn more about geography without sitting through a snoozy old lecture? Geography Arcade is a weekly podcast all about your favorite video games and their geographic lessons, inspirations, and even some minor analysis. Some may say analysis, boo. Well, we're gonna learn and have fun while we talk about Pokemon, Elder Scrolls, and much more. Come join the adventure at Geography Arcade on your favorite podcatcher and YouTube. Guardians, we are the Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you starside.